恭喜发财 ！A Happy New Year of the Dragon from all of us at Radio Three. Now we join Annie Marie Evans for more Hong Kong heritage. Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage, where, with a clash of symbols, a string of firecrackers. And as much noise as possible, we celebrate as we leave the year of the rabbit and enter the year of the dragon. With a ho, hey, ha! I'll also be joining some Chinese New Year drummers on the program. Nothing more auspicious than a dragon. My mother reminds me of this every year, having discovered that being born in 1940, she's one too. But what does the dragon mean? Back where I come from in the UK, I grew up reading fairy tales and myths where the dragon is a dangerous creature that's to be vanquished, often by knights in shining armour, while the dragon breathes fire out of its nostrils. Don't want to get in the way of that one. The dragon in Chinese culture is, in fact, the only mythological animal out of the twelve in the zodiac calendar. But unlike the red fire-breathing dragon in the West, the Chinese dragon has much more positive PR. It's the symbol of the emperor and is seen as offering, among many things, strength, good luck, and health. Dragon holes are placed in buildings to allow the dragons to pass through. And the year of the dragon is seen as so fortuitous that there's usually a significant baby boom. I love the Lunar New Year with its reds, oranges, pinks, the decor, the shops stuffed with lanterns and lacy packets to sell, plush dragon toys, door banners, and all the paraphernalia that goes with this time of year. There's the flower market and also parades, but it's also a time of family coming together. After days of cleaning the house, paying off debts, and getting a haircut, families are ready to start the festivities. With Ferrero Rocher seeing no doubt a spike in its profits, with the gold packaging around its chocolates. I used to live in a village in the New Territories near Daiwar, where there would be row upon row of flowers in pots ready to be sold for the Chinese New Year. And to make them grow faster, above the plants would be row upon row of strings of light bulbs to keep that photosynthesis going during the night. 
For this week's programme, I'm going to be in Southampton in southern England while I visit my parents. So actually, this is possibly the first time I've been away from Hong Kong for the Chinese New Year in 30 years. So I've sorted out elsewhere, joining a drum band organised by the Chinese Association of Southampton. But first, here's poet David McCurdy, who came to Hong Kong when he was four years old in 1960, giving me his observations of the Lunar New Year of his childhood. Memories of Chinese New Year as a child, I've got very, very fond memories. It was a time when our domestic helpers would leave, so our armors would uh, go back to China and visit their family. So we foreigners, although we didn't really celebrate Chinese New Year as a proper festival, but it was a time when, since we had no home help, my mum would do all the cooking. She was a very good cook. And then my sister and I would always end up doing the dishes. So there was always a big row there, but she'd do the washing, I'd do the drying, we'd do it under protest. But I always remember that as being a fond time. And there were many peripheral things that we enjoyed, the firecrackers, of course, there were lots of firecrackers going everywhere and you could just buy them in stationary shops. So we would avail ourselves of that as the foreign kids and make a racket at all sorts of times of the day and night. And I also remember, because we lived in Hongham, which was a working class Chinese neighborhood, the people were very indulgent of us. And we'd go down, of course, at Chinese New Year, there's all these little tidbits and sweets and melon seeds. And those shops that we would sometimes go and buy things in, they would give us those. And, and also even the armors, although the armors were, you know, not very wealthy at all, they would give you lycee packets when you wish them gong hei fa choy. And then Afterwards, as soon as you had given the greeting, you would say, Lysi Daoloi, which means, could you give me some Lysi? And they, they're always very accommodating. Only a small uh, token, but that was always, I always remember the generosity of that. And uh, getting back to the washing the dishes, funnily enough, I still enjoy washing dishes to this date. I find it very therapeutic, and I wonder whether it's a, a sort of hangover of those childhood days and fond memories as a family doing things together at home. Of course, it was always a time of year when it was very cold, and we had open fires at Kowloon Docks, which, again, makes you feel rather cosy. Of course, Chinese New Year is all about family, and I remember walking down Wuhu Street in Hongham, and there were these photographic studios, and they had people there who could paint in a photorealistic style. So, of course, family is very important to Chinese people and part of the culture and everything. And, of course, Hong Kong was a place where families were split up, where half the family might be in Hong Kong and, and two or three other members would be in China and they couldn't really bring them to Hong Kong. So they would go and visit them at Chinese New Year laden with gifts. But these photographic studios, they would construct family portraits with a portrait that they would take themselves and then they would take some, you know, a passport image or something like that. And they themselves would, it was like a Photoshop, but done by very skillful artistic painting and that memory has inspired a poem which I, I wrote it's called a portrait by the artist of a young man framed faces portraits from afar 
stare back at me through photographers' windows. Fathers, sons and brothers, family members, separated by man-made obstacles or borders and ideology, reunited by the painterly skill of an artist's hand. The ideal family reunion, no scheduling issues, jealousies or rows. A young man, dressed his best, stands proud in black and white, his family by his side, while 600 miles north, his alter ego toils by the banks of the Yangtze River. David McCurdy there, who we'll return to at the end of the programme. This week, I contacted Michael Ng, the chairperson of the Chinese Association of Southampton, who invited me along on Wednesday evening for a traditional drum practice. Among the drummers were three Chinese students from Portsmouth University and two young boys, one of whom, Alex Fan, was dressed in traditional red as he played the drum with confidence, adding martial arts and throwing the drumsticks in the air before continuing the rhythm. Before the rehearsal, I caught up with Michael Ng, who originates from Malaysia, about running the drum band and association, which predominantly consists of first and second generation Hong Kongers, and also how he used to celebrate Chinese New Year as a boy. My name is Michael Ng. I come from Malaysia. I come to UK for my study in 1996. I did my PhD here. Now I'm a professor in telecommunications. What does the New Year mean to you? Chinese New Year is a new beginning, end of winter and the start of the spring. So when I was in Malaysia, there's no spring. It's always summer. It makes no difference. But when I come to UK, I can see the big difference. So Chinese New Year is the end of the cold, windy weather and the spring is coming in and then things become more positive, more happy. What about it being the year of the dragon that we're going into? Right. The dragon is always a lucky symbol for the Chinese people. It represents the king, it represents the Chinese people as well. So the Chinese people are called the descendant of the dragon. And bear in mind that the dragon in the east and the dragon in the west is totally different. The dragon in the west is a red creature with a wing giving out the fire to destroy. The dragon in the east is a long creature and it brings rain. It's good for the farmer. It brings good luck for the people. It's about building up rather than destroying things. So dragon is a good thing for, for Chinese people. Now, my mother was born, uh, who's still, she's 83, she was born in 1940. She's a dragon. All right. What, what does that mean for, for your character? Right, interesting. So uh, dragon basically represents uh, someone with uh, leadership skills who can lead the people and who is lots of abilities and it's a good symbol. Any, any good thing that you can think of, you can link it to dragon. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? I'm a dragon. I'm 1976. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a rooster. Uh-huh. All right. Rooster, rooster is also phoenix. Do you right, know that? Right, yeah. No. Yeah. So some people can uh, say uh, dragon and rooster is a phoenix. So uh, dragon and rooster are good together. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I get on well with my mum, so that's yeah, right. That's Today we're here at Southampton University and I'm about to see a a drum rehearsal. So can you tell me, you're the head of the Chinese Association? I'm the chairperson of the Chinese Association of Southampton. Actually, I'm the sixth chairperson. So there are five before me. So I've been chairing the association for almost eight years. So uh, we got lots of people, 
most of them are the first and second generation from Hong Kong. So they speak Cantonese a lot. So when I come to UK, I can understand Cantonese, but I can't speak. But the more I talk to them, now I can speak Cantonese with them now. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so you've got a lot of Hong Kongers. And yeah. tell me, tonight's rehearsal, is is that a preparation for Chinese New Year celebrations? Yes, yes. This this is a part of the youth project. Youth project sponsored by the city council and also supported by the university. That's why we come to the university classroom for the rehearsal. And this is in preparation for the Chinese New Year. But we do that beyond Chinese New Year. So we have Chinese celebration, not in, only in the Chinese New Year, but also in other Chinese days and also in local cultural events. And so with these drums, I mean, I just met you in the lobby here at uh, Southampton University, one of the buildings here, and you had big drums. So did you grow up playing drums or is that a more recent hobby for you? People from Malaysia, a Chinese from Malaysia, we do appreciate our culture. So I do go to learn the lion dance drum when I was young, only for a couple of lessons, but that imprint into my mind. And then uh, I do play music, for example, the flute and the guqin and the long flute and other things. So uh, drum, I do that occasionally. But since I started the drumming for the kids, so it become more regular. So it, it reminds me of the, the rhythm. They look magnificent, a massive surface to them, the ones that I was just looking at. Mm. Do you have drums of different sizes or are they yes, the same? Yes, this one is considered medium. Yes. There's a bigger one. And uh, now that you can have a big drum that you can dance on top, <laughs> but that's too big. So basically, uh, we got the funding from the city council. We order 10 of this from China right? and then transport over here. But it's quite fun to play with it. What's special about the rhythm? Chinese drum, you can do it in many ways. You can hit it in the middle, you can hit it at the side, you can hit it at the, the wood side. You can also add some Kung Fu elements, some shouting, some... Uh, actions. What do you shout? Ho, hey, ha. <laughs> <laughs> a bit louder than that, probably. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Uh, ho, hey, ha is the Ho, hey, ha. Yeah, ho, hey, ha. Yeah. All together or is it ho, hey, and, ha? Ho, and then hey, and then ha. Ah, okay. Yeah. With the arm movement. Brilliant. And yes, so, right. so it's implementing these kung fu elements into, into the drumming. Yes, right. Do you feel, you know, we're here in Southampton, you're from Malaysia and you're doing this drumming here in Southampton. Yeah. Does it take you back to your ancestors? Yes, my grandparents come from China in the Chaozhou province, which is uh, north of Guangdong. So a lot of people that can speak Teochew or Chaozhou, Teochew and Cantonese. And then in my hometown in Malaysia, in Kedah, Kedah. So if you do not speak Chinese, then you cannot have Chinese noodle. <laughs> so you have to speak in Chinese. <laughs> so your grandparents first came to Malaysia? That's right, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. In yes. the early days. And uh, how do you feel about with the Chinese Association here in Southampton? Um, is it a matter of, is it enjoyable to meet other Chinese in the community, particularly at the Lunar New Year? Yes, so my parents are still in Malaysia. So in the association, there are people mostly above 60 or 70. So they are like my parents. And then uh, we have the same culture. We have the same value in that sense. And then it's uh, easier to talk to them. Although they come from different parts of China, different parts of other countries, some from Vietnam, some from Macau, some from other different places. And Hong Kong. Hong Kong, of course. Yeah, you're you're saying, is that predominant? Yeah, Hong Kong and even Taiwan as well. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, and great mix. The writing is the same, but the pronunciation can be yeah. different. Yeah. Sometimes we cannot understand each other. We can use uh, WhatsApp. <laughs> and write you it down. You type it in Chinese, okay. you understand. 
Take me back to when you were a child, you were mentioning that here in uh, British winter, it's easier to discern. And also in Hong Kong, of course, it goes it goes cooler. And, and, and sometimes in the past, I've lived in Hong Kong for 30 years. Mm. And there's been times where absolutely the Chinese New Year, the temperature drops and it's, it's really the coldest time of year. Mm. I think less with global warming now, but it was always that time when you, well, it still is that, that people buy new clothes. Yeah. So how did you celebrate as a child? So when I was in Malaysia, Chinese New Year is an event where you see all the adults are very busy. The day before, they need to uh, prepare the house, do the cookings, so tidy up the house. So you see, I see my parents suddenly become very busy. Something <laughs> is going to happen. And every year that happens. So after that busy period, then we have the celebration, we have the food, and then we have uh, people coming to visit. My grandmom live with us, so the relatives come and visit us. Yeah, so it's a big gathering. We know it's a Chinese New Year and we're expecting to get some money in the red packet. Yes, of course, Lysi. Yes. Yeah, Do you call Lysi. it Lysi in Malaysia? Uh, we say Ang Pao in Hokkien, Ang, Ang Pao in, in Teochew. Yeah. Ang Pao. Ang Pao, yeah. Lysi is in Cantonese. In Hong Kong, I would say Gung Hei Fa Choi. What would you say in Malaysia? So it depends on where you are. So there are so <laughs> many different ethnic Chinese in Malaysia. Yeah. So mine is uh, Teochew or Chao Zhou. So we say... Uh, Gong hi hot chai. Gong hi hot chai is basically gong hei fa choi in Cantonese. Yes. In Mandarin, it's gong si fa chai. My parents buy the, the new clothes and give it to us, so we wear it in the first day. Yes. Yeah. And would you often wear traditional Chinese clothes as well, you know, reds and pinks? Yes, right. Red or yellow mm. Yeah, during the Chinese New Year. Yes. Mm. Now, when you were saying about with the drumming that you also do the kung fu moves, did you, did you, have you learned that for the drumming now? Uh, I learned Kung Fu when I was in Malaysia. When I come over here, I found one Kung Fu school started in 1977. And the teacher is also from Malaysia. It's a Chinese from Malaysia. So when I come to UK, I also go and learn Kung Fu from him. So all the Kung Fu moves in the Chinese New Year, you see Kung Fu from our school as well. You see dragon dance, lion dance, and Kung Fu, Tai Chi, and all the, those. And the dancing one is done by our other committee member. Oh, okay. So there's all these different multi-talents. Within the Chinese Association here in Southampton, I'm talking to Michael Ng, who is the sixth chairperson of the Chinese Association here in Southampton in southern England. Within your home, I mean, I think when I was looking up, there's, I mean, there's multiple Chinese restaurants in Southampton. But so would you generally celebrate there or are you going to be celebrating at home with your own cooking? So we have a big celebration in Westkey Shopping Centre. So there's a big venue there. And we also have a dragon outside in the Guildhall Square. Oh, you have a dragon? Yeah. Wonderful. Dragon, five of them. And then we also have the ribbon dragon, another four. So it'll be nine dragon. <laughs> yeah, so number nine represents the heaven and also the king. Yeah. And then in terms of eating, if I'm not so busy, my wife will be cooking. So I'll be eating at home. But we are so busy in the, in the Chinese celebration. So we'll go to restaurants. Yes. So some of the boss in the restaurants are basically our members or committee members. So we, we do help each other. Yeah. Now within your home, do you put um, in a nice, uh, uh, yes, yes, we do <laughs> nice red things. Yes, I was thinking more yeah, of the the, the, the banners, the, down. the, the yeah. Chinese Tuilian. Yeah, so there's seven words going down on the door frame and on top another four words. So that is a very popular one. Yeah, and and some people said this is something linked with the uh, Jewish culture. Yeah, it's a Passover day. You put the uh, red color on top. Right. So I'm not sure how how it's a link, but. Uh, we are all related in some sense, so 
is you wouldn't be surprised to know that there are something in between different. So it's concepts. four words, four words, and seven words. Yeah, forward on the roof, on the top, and then oh, seven. So the characters, so the characters. characters, and and what are they sort of, sort of? Is it sort of good fortune or? It's it's called Chunlian. It's a Chinese poem to do with the Chinese New Year, and then you write something about the spring, something about uh, good luck, success, and then you you ask some uh, some people who are very good in writing the poem, write it down for you, and then you have people who are doing the Chinese calligraphy. It's an art in, in itself. And then they write the, the writing. But now that you can buy outside, it's yes. printed already. I absolutely love the Lunar New Year in Hong Kong mm. and, and just seeing all the, all the lovely plants as well, kumquat trees and, mm. and uh, all the flowers and the flower market that they have at Victoria Park. So your childhood, as you said, you had the, the, what I call the Lycee in, in Hong Kong, yeah. yes, and, uh, and also the new clothes. No, I mean, what I've noticed in Hong Kong is that when I first was there, you really had to make sure you had all your shopping and food in because the place just shut down. Mm. Uh, whereas now the shops are open again. Uh, was that the same for your childhood? It's a bit like Christmas, yeah? Everything is closed on the 25th. Yeah. So back I was young, uh, they do close the shop, but nowadays uh, it's a good business. <laughs> so when one shop open, the other shop are open. So yes. at, the, at the moment, you can see that uh, a lot of shops are opening during the Chinese New Year. And also in Malaysia, we have Chinese, Indian and Malay. So when the Chinese are closing the shop, the Indian and Malay, they're opening the shop. <laughs> yeah, when the Muslim people are close the shop, the Chinese are open. Yeah. So, so the shop are open every day in Malaysia. I'm so looking forward to seeing the drumming tonight and listening. Is it a set piece? Is it uh, what? What is? It's the... a long piece of uh, celebration drumming. Yeah, and uh, actually, it's from Taiwan. Yeah, this piece is from Taiwan. So uh, we have learned almost finished the first part, and that's quite long already. Yeah, and then when this part is finished, we go to the next part, and so on. And how many of you are drumming? Uh, we have six, seven people, but today a lot of people are not coming. So maybe it'll be four or five. With this celebration piece, is it modern? Is it older? It's an old one. It's to do with the lion dance, actually. And that piece has been there for many years already. It's a very famous one. Alex, how long have you played the drums? Uh, I don't know how many years, like one year, two years, I don't know. Maybe one year. <laughs> and then how to play parts correctly. Yes. Then you, we can play the whole thing. Yeah, so tell me, can you talk me through? 
So some of the time you were playing on the side and sometimes on yeah. the top. Can you show me a few moves and describe them to me? Okay, give me another burst then. Did you ever have a go at line dancing? I do have done that before. So uh, we have a Sifu from Hong Kong. So I learned from him on the drumming and the cymbal and the and the dragon dance, uh, the lion dance itself. But then uh, they are more experts, so I leave it to them. Otherwise, I'll be doing everything. <laughs> you have to be super fit though, don't you, for the lion dance? Yeah, lion dance takes wow. a lot of energy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you need to have some Kung Fu basics as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm always stunned also. Uh, just, um, well, looks really dangerous, but really fantastic. You can do a lot of things. You can go up high on the pole, right? Yes. It's, uh, so many different stuff, yeah. Yes. Do you, uh, when with the dragon, I mean, obviously dragon dance and, and uh, lion dance, does it follow any of the same uh, rules or completely different? So first of all, dragon dance, normally it's nine people holding a dragon, one person holding the ball, so 10, ten people. So you can see the dancer's face. The lion dance, only two person. So normally halfway, they change the person because it's too tiring. Yes. Yeah, and you, you only see the leg, you don't see the face. And then the routine is different. So long, uh, dragon is long, so you can do a lot of tricks. You need to run, running, jump above the, the pole or doing other t- tricks and other making some symbols. Whereas for lion, the body is short, not two person. Then what, whatever you can do is about jumping up and down on the pole. And then uh, you close the eyes of the lion. Yes. Yeah, this, this How do you do that? There is a string inside. You just pull the string. <laughs> <laughs> but you need to do one, one hand to support and then another hand to pull the string. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how you open and shut the eyes of and the that, dragon fast. When you pull the string, the eye will shut, the ear will move together. <laughs> so you've got to be all coordinated. You know? uh, it's, it's controlled by one string. So when you pull the string, the ear and the, uh, and the eye will move. All right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And um, have you been in a dragon before? Yes, yes. I'm leading a dragon. Are you? So um, I'm doing many things. Yes. So on the weekend, I, I teach Kung Fu. Yeah, so I got uh, a, a group of uh, children learning with me. And also teaching the dragon dance. Now you as a dragon, uh, what can you expect from the year of the dragon? A lot of harvest. Yeah, so you bring all the good things for the farmers. And then nowadays, not everybody are the farmers. So basically, uh, the, the dragon will bring good luck and success to all the companies. And what about for you as an individual? Um. Hopefully, I'll be successful in my research, in my teachings, and in the association, yeah. My thanks to Michael Ng, the chairperson of the Chinese Association of Southampton and a professor of telecommunications at Southampton University. To finish up, I'd like to return to Hong Konger and poet David McCurdy, an honorary Asian uncle. Now that I've become one of the senior generation, I have to carry around Lycee packets in my back pocket and give it to some of the younger neighbours and friends that we have living nearby. And I'd written a poem about that notion of being an Asian uncle after having been born in Scotland and coming out here as a four-year-old. So I have a poem called Homecoming. Flying home from the land of my birth, rituals performed, eulogy delivered.
orphaned and pensive. A little Chinese boy sleeps with his head on my knee, trusting and innocent. I slide my pillow under him and spread a blanket as his mother snores beside him. Later we chat. Uncle, are you a foreigner? Yes, born in Scotland. Why can you speak Cantonese? I'm a Hong Kong man now. How old are you? Fifty-five. And you? I'm five years old. Just a year older than me when I left, traveling towards a new life. Fifty years' absence has made me a venerable uncle with an inscrutable Western smile heading back to my Chinese home. Thank you, David. David McCurdy is a published poet. He's also a drummer himself and an accomplished restorer of old posh cars. Here's wishing you all good things in the Year of the Dragon. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage. AM, FM and live online.